bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics, like we're talking about reality TV. Well, we made it back from Vegas alive. Woo! But girl, barely. <laughs> we went in. I mean, I don't know what, you know, Sinatra and all of those guys were doing, but I feel that we also did that. It was definitely a singular experience. I I honestly, I don't think I've ever been to Vegas on a work trip before. I have not, no. And well, it wasn't the kind of work trip where you were supposed to work. It was the kind of work trip where right. your job was to go in on Vegas. <laughs> and don't right. you don't got to ask me twice, bitch. Right. I will fucking, yeah. I will... Fuck that motherfucker until they can't get fucked no more. And and you could barely drag me away. I was holding on with both hands. Just a bloated carcass of a of a it was a bloated leatherette carcass with balloons for feet, meat I was in a meat suit, just a sweatshirt blown around Vegas. We were when we got on the plane at the end though, we were we were meat suits. Yeah. Talk about meat suits. We were unrecognizable. We were, yeah. It was my eyes were swollen shut. Well, they almost still are. I yes. mean, we're barely yes. even able to still. It's crazy. It's crazy. This is going to be a weak recovery. I mean, I don't know what to say. Minimum. But like, the, the, uh, I'm barely just been... getting feeling back in my lips. <laughs> my, fa- my feet are, I mean, mm-hmm. yes. I can't really describe. Yeah. I, I'm quite sure we almost lost our lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, we are... We're doing liquid IV. We're doing athletic greens. Yeah. We're doing anything we can do to hydrate, to keep hydrated. We are now on our, um, you know, uh, sober journey again. Mm. And sort of not, I mean, yeah. you know, just sort of. But just, oh, but it's woo. But it was fucking fun yeah. AF. Yeah. Fun AF. I mean, next to the Britney trip that we yeah. had. I would have to say this was by far the most fun I've had in Vegas. Yeah. Agreed. So, so fun. Oh, my God. If you're interested in hearing about our Vegas trip, um, you can go over and check out our Patreon podcast. Um, We actually did a Patreon (laughs) podcast from the lobby of the Venetian Hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, That was our first of the week because we do two a week. Um, The second uh, Patreon, (laughs) when we landed at the hotel, at the airport in Burbank we went straight to a bar Mm -hmm. and we recorded our second Patreon of the week from the bar Um, so we wanted to play a little clip from the episode (laughs) but fair warning trigger warning the shit is a hot hot mess and I certainly never thought we would have ended up in this conversation well guys don't ever have their shirts on they sleep without their shirt on (laughs) They walk around without their stupid fucking shirts on. So by that time, they're just pulling their pants down. Yeah, they're just pulling they're boxers. Naked. Now you're naked. Yeah. What do they care? And they don't have long tits. I mean, I guess unless they're super fat, but they don't have like long tits touching their fucking dick. Or they <laughs> well, have to like sit there like, my tits touch my dick. I don't even know where dick. their dick goes when they sit on the toilet. Just they have to push it down into the toilet. It just points down? Well, where else is it going to go? Well, I don't pee? know. I don't know if it's... No, they pee standing up. I know, but if they poo, don't they pee a little too <laughs> when they're sitting there? I literally don't know. I don't know if guys pee and poo like girls do. So they poo and then have to stand up and pee? No, I don't know if they pee first. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't huh. know. I didn't know if it sat in their lap. I have no fucking idea what's fucking going on. Maybe their balls hit the water. Maybe their dick does. Yeah, I guess so, because <laughs> they sit down, and I'm sure. Because what are they going to be like? Move 
I guess they could. Maybe they cradle it into their lap. Maybe they like do. Like a little baby bird. They go, chime to pew. <laughs> and then they hold they, it. They push like, Time to poop, sleepy boo-boo, sleepy boo-boo, sleepy. They hold it with both hands like this, like a baby. They push their thighs together Daddy's and they make a nest of their pubes. Yeah, Daddy's, Daddy's pooing now. Do you want to go sleep, sleep in pew-pubes? Do you want to go sleep, sleep in pew-pubes? Hold on, let me put this on you. So Daddy time. <laughs> so dumb. Daddy the group doesn't poo-poo. know that you're really doing it. You're, she's looking down at her own little tiny bird's nest of pubes and, and her tiny poo-poo boo-boo. Daddy. It's daddy poo-poo time. Daddy poo-poo hold you. Yes. Oh, Don't get wet with daddy poo-poo's splash. <laughs> Don't get wet with Daddy Poopoo's splash. I got you, my babies. I got you. And because yeah, and there's yeah, it's a whole fucking to do, wow. and I try not to think about it. But now I have for the very first time. I have for the very first time. And like you, you, you always thought their their balls and dick hang down into the water. Yeah, I imagine they just push them down in there, and they just don't touch the water, but they just are hanging. Oh, what a wonder. What I mean, a wonderful program. And the conversation mm. goes on. You might think that's all one could say about um, how men go number two naked. But no, it continues on and on mm-hmm. and on. Yeah, and on. That's uh, that's exactly right. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe that appeals to some people. And if it appeals to you at all, go to our website, julianbrandy.com, and you can find all the links to check out our Patreon podcast. We do two a week every week, and they're a dollar each. You can choose to sign up for one a week or two a week. They're both an hour long, and there's no ads and no politics. Well, one of our very favorite Patreon subscribers, and she really is, Tiffany Fitch. We call her Tiff Fitch. Uh-huh. We call her Tiff. Uh-huh. We call her Tiff. She's married to Kyle. Yes. Tiff and Kyle. Okay. <laughs> Tiff and Kai? Yeah, Tiff and Kai. They live in Kai fucking... Kai Tiff? They live in Salt Lake City, and I bet you forgot this. Yeah. They've got two, like, gorgeous blonde models, like, mm-hmm. that look like they're in, like, Hanson children uh-huh. named Daisy and Guy. Yes. That's how hot the whole, the whole family's hot. They all look like models. Like the way ex-Mormons are always hot. <laughs> uh-huh. Because they live in Salt Lake City, and we know mm. now... Tiff probably knows Lisa. I love it. I love that. Hi, baby gorgeous. Hi, Tiff. I mean, I love <laughs> Tiff and Kai. <laughs> Tiff and Kai are our best friends. I mean, oh. we need to get Guy some Fresh Wolf. Little baby Guy. Needs guy needs Fresh Wolf. In fact, I'm about to order some new Fresh yeah, Wolf. Yeah, you need some more. Yeah. Well, fucking Tiff, she always sends us the most baller, like curated, because you know, Salt Lake City is probably nothing but like, curated gift shops for every time they have Sundance like people invent a store like Meredith just so year round somebody goes in there and buys special gifts so so Tiffany I believe goes around she got us that jeweled chihuahua card that we still have oh, I love that it's so I love that. we love that we've had it up since like 2020 it's fresh chihuahua we love it and it's like this is what she does. She goes around Salt Lake City just getting us the best shit. And she did it again. First of all, she sent us an updated pick for the Drug Den Bulletin Board of the gorgeous models, Daisy oh, and Guy. Oh, God. They're all, all I know, of our the, children are growing they're, up. They've grown up so much from that other picture. <sighs> Especially Daisy. Like, sorry she's a preteen now looking very sultry. Yeah. Like, doesn't she look sultry? She looks sultry. She does. I, like, think she's so gorgeous. I love love her vibe, guys. <laughs> And it's a box full. First of all, Tiff, I must tell you, I opened the box without my mouth because sometimes I just I saw it was from Toph and I was like, let Mm -hmm. me just fucking get in here. Mm -hmm. And there was this like one package of like like chocolate bark from like a a specialty like bakery. Mm -hmm. Now, Tiff, it had melted. But best believe my ass opened it on up. I got it away from all the other things. I like let it dry. And then I was like, because I could see all peanuts and like pretzels like floating around in it. I was like, oh, oh, oh no, 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 no. I don't care if it's chocolate globule. Um, I'm going to be gone ahead and eating it. And I'll be taking it over to Mau and bitch will be trying it too. And I like let it all dry. 
and I washed it off the other items and then I brought it and I put it in plastic bags and then it was just basically like little shards of like yeah like pretzels and nuts and mm-hmm. and then I was like mama and I like pulled out the plastic <laughs> bag and were you dying or what of how it was fucking good it so is. fucking good it's so good it was so good I loved it it's, I loved it and I could see I didn't want to open it. anything else without Mamau. And I could see popcorn. I was like, ooh, bitch, I'm not, I'm not even going to. And I saw two bottles that were covered in styrofoam. Mm-hmm. Uh, not styrofoam, like bubble wrap. And for whatever reason, I just thought, you know what? I bet this is like some kind of Salt Lake City like condiment. And it didn't even occur to me that it was any kind of alcohol. Because if it did, <laughs> that shit would be gone. <laughs> that would never even made it here. I only opened that when after you discovered, I gave you the bark, you discovered the popcorn, you kept coming in. Oh, I showed you. There's two plant-based ramens. Oh, yes. Like oh, ramens yes. in cups. Mm. Like, you know, those instant ramens look so genius. Having that tonight. No, you wait for me. <laughs> we eat it together. And we were, and I was like showing her all the things and she'd come out and then with like the popcorn. Oh, yeah. And all different treats. I love went, popcorn. I went in with the with the I, I cut off the bubble wrap of the bottles and I was like, oh, no, it was soggy. I couldn't drink this. It's alcohol. Now it'll be awaiting us down the road. Well, now it's just sitting there like like a heartbeat, like at Edgar Allan Poe. It's like it's a heartbeat beating in the corner. Yeah. I'm like, there's alcohol in the corner. There's alcohol here. There's alcohol for you. You can have some of it. It's like. Dum, 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 dum. Yeah. <laughs> And then there was this little tub that said Buddha butter. And everything in there is all food. It's all food. And then I had already opened the sake. So I'm like, what is this Buddha butter? So I am like looking around. I'm like, we can probably dip like any number. I'm like getting down the pretzels, getting things down. I cut off the wrap. I open it. I'm like, huh. We smell it. I'm like, what kind of butter is this? And then you're like, smells like chocolate. And then I dip my finger in and eat it. Yes. And I'm like, huh. And then you look at it, you go, no, it's, it's body cream. It's lotion. And I was like, oh, okay. Just ate that. I just ate that. But I know one thing. I know for a fact. If you had had like a roll, I could have slathered, like I'm talking about oh, a, yeah, thick, for sure, for a sure. thick layer on yes, a roll. Yes, and you yes, would have eaten yes. it and been like, it's yeah. good. I just need a little salt. I think it just needs a little oh, tiny bit of salt. For sure. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. So Tiff, we, or me, I should speak for myself. I... I stuck my finger in the body lotion and I ate it and I thought it was real butter. So that's where we're at. That's the level we're at. I'm like, get that popcorn. We'll dip the cheesy popcorn in the, to the body lotion. She says, hey, ladies. Hey, ladies. I know, uh, I know it has been a minute since you have heard from your girl, Tiff Fitch, but I was honestly triggered into reaching out when I heard Brandy cry on the We Didn't Get the Job Patreon. Julie, I was so proud of how strong and rageful you were, but I knew in my heart how hard that must have been seeing Brandy so upset. I had to pull Everyone's over. Everyone's like, oh, God, if we have to hear about this job one more time, but Tiffany, thank you so much for caring. <laughs> I had to pull Still over. hurting. I had to pull over my car. I felt like you two were sharing such a personal, vulnerable moment that I hated to be distracted by anything else. I know I'm not the only listener to tell you, ladies, your humor, your honesty has gotten me out of some very dark places. If it was really the podcast and the Patreon that was the deal breaker of you two not getting this job, then fuck them. You might not make a lot of money from this, but you are positively impacting... We definitely don't make a lot of money. <laughs> but you're positively <laughs> impacting and sometimes changing lives. Your abilities Aww. to be unapologetically yourselves and to see through the bullshit makes you fucking amazing humans. All right, I'm done. I included an updated pick of the Fitchlings. I also sent sustenance to <laughs> and body lotion you <laughs> in your time of grief, ladies. I agree. It just fucking sucks. But you are so loved by your Patreon family, oh. Tiff Fitch. I love that. That's so sweet. <laughs> she said also, for some reason, Snoopy and Woodstock remind me of you two. Oh, that's that, that is the best compliment from the card. That's nice. I really, really love that. Who do you that. think you are? I'm not sure. Am I got to be my Woodstock or my Snoopy? I mean, I would assume you're so, your Woodstock. You're so cute as Woodstock, though. And I'm, but I would assume that you're Woodstock because <laughs> Woodstock's smarter and like, I don't know, like more glamorous and Snoopy's kind of like a little bit of a bruiser. Well, and, Tiff, but- just so you know, Mighty has the same mouth as Woodstock. And we always say that Nacho is Snoopy. Mighty is Woodstock. 
Pee-wee is Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. Meow-meow is Peppermint Patty. <laughs> and I am the one with the blanket. Linus. Yeah. So that's the way it goes here. But just just to be associated with the peanuts at all. And that was just such a really, really, really sweet card. And thank you for... Um, Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And saying that we... You know, I feel like talking about, you know, guys without their shirts on and they're maybe perhaps their man boobs touching their dick and them cradling their little balls (laughs) and penis into Mm -hmm. their nest of pubes while they poo. Yes. It it probably is changing some lives. (laughs) (laughs) We now interrupt our regularly scheduled Jojo and Kiki to tell you about what the Republicans are cock blocking now. I'm a victim. This is our segment called What the Republicans Are Cock Blocking Now, where we fill everyone in on the most recent, usually crucial, and oftentimes life-saving piece of legislation that will never see the light of day because of the cock-blocking Republicans in Congress. There have been so many important bills that have died since the reign of the Senate's most evil Republican, (laughs) Mitch McConnell. Mm. But last Wednesday, what died was a woman's right to choose. (laughs) And it was 60 Republican cocks who killed it, ironically. (laughs) 60 Republican cocks and one Democrat pussy named Joe Manchin. (laughs) Exactly. But different from the Build Back Better bill memo, which only needed 51 votes when Senate Democrat Joe Mandouche basically cock blocked the whole thing with his one single vote. This time, this bill, which would have made Roe versus Wade into federal law, this bill required 60 votes. So even though Joe Mandouche voted no and we loathe him <laughs> with all that we hold dear, this time it really was the Republicans who cock blocked the bill because not one not one Republican in the Senate voted yes. That's what makes Joe Dickskin such a pandering ball of sack of human feces. The bill was going to fail anyway, and he couldn't just vote with the Democrats? Well, apparently he's famously been a pro-life Democrat for his whole shitty Senate career. Mm. And to think I used to not even get mad at people like that. Because I always assumed <laughs> yeah. when push came to shove, they'd side with women's rights. I mean, they're Democrats, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Like Sonny Hostin on The View, she's a fucking pro-life Democrat. But I should have known Joe Manchin. First of all, he's not a Democrat. No. And he's a man. Mm -hmm. So, of course, he didn't compromise. Why should he? It's not his rights on the fucking table. That's right. Exactly. And let's go ahead and add the two Senate Republican pander queens, Lisa Murkowski from Alaska and spit it out Susan Collins from Maine. These two truders. They made their own bill about a woman's right to choose just to show everyone in their districts that they're pro-choice. But then they voted no on this bill because they said it's too broad. I don't care if the bill said that we can put actual live dicks in hot dog buns and feed them to hungry frontline workers. If you're pro-choice, you vote yes, bitch. You do. Period. You do. Too broad. I don't even, I have, I don't. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We're not even going to get into what's in all the bills because none of them are passing the Crunchwrap Cockblock Brigade. None of them. So we're not, I can't, I don't even want to know. I just, I don't want to know what was in Spit It Out Susan's bill. And I don't even want to know what's in this fucking bill. The bottom line is if we want our right to have an abortion or use birth control or do IVF protected under federal fucking law, like our Miranda rights, then people in every single state are going to have to elect more Democrats and less Republicans to Congress. Mm -hmm. We need 10 more Democrats elected to the Senate. Bottom line, 10 more. And that's, (laughs) it's just, it's basically impossible being that every state Mm -hmm. only gets two senators. Two. Right. But you know what? Every state gets a ton of seats in the House of Representatives. And this abortion issue is so fucking huge for more than half the country that it could definitely help us at least maintain our majority in the House. And we need that so badly. Even if we lose the Senate, we have to keep the House. Yeah, because if we lose the House, then we lose Nance Pelosi, Speaker of the House. And the Republicans are going to make Elise Stefanik the Speaker of the House. Elise Stefanik. And she won her district in New York running ads about white replacement theory. Literally. She made TV commercials saying Democrats are trying to replace white people with black and brown immigrants so that we can have a supermajority. 
And this is the exact stupid fucking fake news, propaganda, KKK dog whistle bullshit that made that MAGA monster go into a grocery store in New York, mind you, the state where Elise Stefanik's from, and live stream himself killing people with a machine gun painted with racial slurs, including the words, here's your reparations. This is happening because of Republicans, period. You're either a white supremacist or you're a Democrat. I'm sorry. I'm not saying Democrats aren't corrupt garbage, but we aren't shooting up Walmarts with machine guns because of white replacement theory. No, we're not. There's no liberals on 4chan making N-word memes. There just isn't. There just fucking isn't. Those people are vile, disgusting, angry incels who don't know how to think for themselves, and they're being led by the old white incels <laughs> on Fox News and the elected Republicans like Elise Stefanik. She dog whistles to the maggots, Constantly. Not only did she make a campaign ad about Democrats trying to fill the country with non-white people for votes, mm, 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 she literally mm, tweeted mm. about it yesterday. That guy went into the grocery store on like Sunday and she tweeted about white replacement theory yesterday. This is real. And then yesterday in a later tweet, she called Democrats pedos. That's how you know she's whistling to yes, the MAGA dogs. Right. If you can't get them with good old white supremacy, then just make sure to throw in a pedophile reference to grab the 10% of the Trump supporters who might not be racist, just in <laughs> case there's a few that aren't racist. Let's go ahead and call Democrats pedophiles. Mm -hmm. The woman is a disgusting scourge, and she's going to be the fucking Speaker of the House if enough Democrats don't win in the midterms in November. It, it, it is fucking unbelievable. It's beyond She's nothing but a smarter version of Marjorie Taylor Greene. At least dumb fuck Marjorie Taylor Greene believes in QAnon. Elise Stefanik is like Trump. She's just using these idiots. She thinks she's so far above them. And meanwhile, we could catch her and Trump both on a hot mic literally calling their entire base idiots. And it wouldn't matter. Their followers are so brainwashed, they just tell them that they planted the recordings. Or the recordings are fake. There is no getting through to those people. They are full on worshiping Xenu at this point. Yeah, there is no getting through to them. And we all know, we all know to the depths of our souls that we are barreling towards a civil war. We do because those people cannot be woken up and the people around them aren't even really trying to wake them up mm -hmm. because they don't know how. Mm -hmm. At least Scientology doesn't turn their followers into mass murdering domestic terrorists. Even Mormons, I mean, there's cult upon cult upon cult. Like, other than fucking Charles Manson, I guess, which is why they're comparing all over Twitter yesterday, comparing them, like, all to Charles Manson, because it's like, that's the only other cult that, like, incites people to go, like, mass murder. Most of the cults do, like, they, suicide. Yeah, they, suicide. Kill they kill themselves. kill themselves. Well, go stuff. ahead. Right, I know. I don't know why go they're not. Go ahead. Drink a bunch of fucking I mean, Kool-Aid in your Nikes you know, or whatever the fuck all those. Oh, just Jamestown, Jonestown. Do all it. Of it. Go just... to Waco and kill yourself, Okay kill yourselves I, and everyone's talking shit about biden like he hasn't done anything every single president including obama promised to codify roe v wade when they were campaigning all of them and obviously none of them did it because here we are it's not even something that a president can really do by executive action because the next president who gets in there will just take it away so it's just not really feasible and we want a fucking federal law a real one and for that, we need Congress to pass legislation. And to get that, we need Democrats in office. We need motherfuckers to vote in the midterms. And you know what's crazy about this Roe v. Wade bill? Apparently, the woman who authored the bill is California Representative Judy Chu. Okay, well, Miss Judy wrote the bill, <laughs> which is called the Women's Health Protection Act or some shit, back in 2013 during Obama, when she first won her California district. Mm -hmm. You better work, Judy. Fucking go right in, write a bill. And that's a Democrat for you. You know what I mean? She gets in there. She's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write the fucking bill. They all promised that they're going to mm -hmm. going to pass. Mm -hmm. So Judy Chu went through all the trouble of doing this fucking bill. And as we know, these I can't even read it. I won't even find out what's in the bill. I'm like, nope. I'm just unless someone bullet points it there. There's so many pages. It's so much fucking text. She goes through the whole trouble of doing it. And then she introduced it to the House floor and they wouldn't even allow the bill to be read or voted on. They wouldn't even hear it. So Judy's like, okay, motherfuckers. She goes ahead and presents it during the next congressional session and the next one and the next one and the one after that. Mm. And never once was her bill even allowed to go to the floor for a vote until last September when Nance Pelosi took it to the floor and it passed with every Democrat in the House of Representatives voting yes. Almost 10 years she presented that bill and they never even allowed a vote on it. 
And even though the Senate cock blocked it on Wednesday, that's the bill, Miss Judy's bill. Yes. No president in American history has gotten as close as Joe Biden to making a woman's right to choose federal law. Yeah. So take that, you fucking haters. <laughs> How about that? Cock blockers. Cock blockers. Now it's time for a very important obituary, which is basically just an obituary with a bitch in the middle. <laughs> and unfortunately, this time it means a badass bitch has died. Son of a bitch. This is our segment called Obituary, where we honor a recently deceased activist, politician, or thought leader who, through their life's work, made a significant impact on the gay community. But this isn't a normal obituary segment like you'd see on other news shows, i.e. real news shows. Oh. You know what? I learned this morning that Tucker Carlson's show is categorized as infotainment. Mm -hmm. And though I wish Tucker Carlson would get kidnapped by NoHo <laughs> Hank and shipped off to a remote cabin in Chechnya, mm. I was like, fuck yeah, we finally know what this show is. It's <laughs> infotainment, ma'am, meow. That's correct. So even if you're not one of our original 14 listeners, you can probably ascertain that a dumb gay politics obituary is not like a normal obituary. But, I mean, it actually is kind of like a normal obituary, but it's just super gay and super dumb. Mm -hmm. And sadly, this time, it probably won't be that funny. Because the woman who died is Irvishy Vade, the longtime partner of lesbian icon Kate Clinton. Kate Clinton has been an influential friend and mentor to Julie for a long, 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 long time. So influential, in fact, that Kate Clinton was our very first guest ever on this podcast yep. on January 10th, 2017. We had only had this podcast for one fucking month, and now it's five and a half years later, and Kate Clinton has just lost the love of her life. We've had one of the most crushing months of our lives, but Irvishy's death really put things into perspective. Hopefully we can hang on to that perspective because we are absolutely gutted for Kate. Um, on May 14th, which is two days ago, one of the strongest and fiercest LGBT activists died. Her name is Irvishy Vade. Irvishy was integral to the fight for gay rights and a fucking lion when it came to lesbian empowerment and the rights for women. She was born in New Delhi, India and moved to the U.S. when she was eight she started then doing activism as early as age 11, where she participated in an anti-Vietnam protest. She went to Vassar College, then Northeastern School of Law, where she founded a nonpartisan political action group, which sought to interview and vet political candidates, not based on party, but on their political ideas and beliefs. The bitch was political from the time she was fucking 11. She went on to become the executive director of the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force in 1989. She pushed gay issues into the public eye through coordinated public relations campaigns and staged numerous protests on such subjects as abortion and the Persian Gulf War. She left the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force in December of 1992 and wrote a book called Virtual Equality, which was published in 1995. She then returned back to the task force the years and years and there's all sorts of her, her res I could go on and on about what she did for the community, what she did for activism, um, it's just unfucking believable and it just goes on and on. She created and oversaw and worked for social justice her whole life. You know, they say there's some professions where it's not just a job, but it's actually your identity. And that was Irvishy. Activism and fighting for social justice, in my opinion, was her life's blood. If you met her, I guarantee you in two minutes, you'd be talking about abortion. <laughs> I met Irvishy probably, I'm not even sure it could be 20 years ago. I don't, I can't say I know her that well, but I have gotten to hang out with her several times over the years. And this bitch is as unique and special as anyone. 
in reading about her life to write this, it made me laugh to read people say over and over again that she was aggressive and annoying and abrasive, but they loved her for it. And I would say that's pretty good. That's a pretty good sum up. Well, I had never, I never got to meet her, but I've hung out with Kate several times. And Kate was a stand-up. Mm-hmm. But ev- anytime Kate even came up, you always, always brought up Irvishy. Always. Like, she's that kind of person that just, she's like a, she's like somebody, she's like goals. Just a, a, a goals. human being, like an actualized human being that was here to do something. Not just be like, tell like stories about how she shit her pants you know what i mean like a real person who contributed and who changed the course of history and she did she if you ever met her and and this is what people were saying about her she wouldn't take no she wouldn't be denied she wouldn't be backed away from a debate she was warm and friendly but she was also questioning and stubborn as fuck you could not get into a room with her without getting into an argument and it didn't matter even if you believed the same shit you would argue that was how she was. She made you just... Um, She's like a challenger. A challenger, yeah. And part of why, you know, I don't know, I think that's why it's so important to talk. She was. The, she's the kind of person, if you said to her, we won't talk about politics and religion at the table, I'm quite sure the bitch would get up and fucking, you know, like prostrate herself and be like, are we not going to talk about religion at the table? <laughs> like, she just wouldn't have it. She wasn't going to have it in any capacity. To me, she's akin to the, she's like the female Larry Kramer. These people come up during a time where they had no rights. They were literally then fighting for all of our lives. Larry Kramer was the one people would say was annoying and was aggressive and whatever. But without Larry Kramer, there'd be no AIDS funding. Without Irvishy Vade, there'd be no fucking lesbian rights, period. When it comes to LGBT in the mainstream, Irvishy Vade was one of the first people And this is what her book was about. And this is what her life's work was about. And this is what she would want to talk about if you just met her casually on the street. Is that lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender equality will occur only when the larger institutions of society and the family are transformed to be more inclusive of racial, gender, and economic difference. What she didn't believe is that she didn't want to mainstream sexuality or LGBT rights. She wanted the mainstream. She wanted the mainstream to change. She didn't want gay people to have to change to be in the mainstream. And that was what was radical about what she believed. And that's why she and Kate never got married because she didn't want to get married. She didn't want to be married. She didn't want gay people to have to get married in her mind. Marriage, at least from what, with the last time I would have talked to her. It was like a heteronormative. It's a thing in culture and society. Patriarchy. Right. <laughs> right. So for her, she wanted, you know, you could get married if you wanted. One could. But if she didn't want to, she didn't want to feel that that made her different or that her relationship was any less valid than anybody else's. She, she didn't ne- want the subcultures to change to be more mainstream. She wanted the mainstream to change to be more inclusive yes. of things that were different, right. a different color, right. a different economic class a different sexuality a different gender yeah exactly and that was radical you know in the 90s and uh through to today i would say and that has not happened no it has not no it has not happened at all she never pandered and worried if her lifestyle was normal or what people thought of it she didn't need your approval what she wanted and fought for was equality in the law and equality in society which Oddly enough, is being fucking reverted. Irvish, she was also funny as fuck and loud. And when you talked to her, she made you feel important and that the words coming out of your mouth were meaningful and that she understood you, even if she didn't agree with you. You could sit and debate with her. But at the end of the day, you walked away knowing if you didn't agree, the only reason she didn't agree with you is because she wanted better for you. And her anger and her frustration and fire came from a real love and a genuine desire for people to just to be able to be themselves and to feel free. Irvishy also had a crazy amount of swag. This fucking alpha bitch. Okay. She's shorter than me. And she was like, she was like Shane from the L word when she walked into a room. She had top energy without having to throw it around or be a gross predator like a lot of lesbians are. She just had a natural toppy charm that was fun and exciting to be around. Irvishy was in a 23-year partnership with comedian Kay Clinton. And I know I can only even imagine 
you know, Kate is devastated as anyone would be who lost the love of their life, their partner, their best friend. And our hearts are fucking breaking and so sad for her and their family. Many, many years ago, I was at a club in New York with Kate Clinton and we had done a stupid fucking show and we were commiserating. But Kate is um, many years older and had already, you know, Kate was like the first lesbian comedian on the scene and she's already successful. So her feelings were already beyond mine, but we were commiserating in a, in a sense and felt very much like shut out and we were just like sort of like commiserating, whatever. And she made a comment that I think about all the time and it's nothing, but I still think about it all the time. She said, you know what? I just want to stop doing this and go home and spend time with Irv. I just love being around her. She makes me happy. And I just want to, I just want to go see her. And I just thought, Ugh. everybody should Google them. I mean, they're, they were really, I mean, Kate's they're, they're incredibly good looking, yeah, talented right, power couple. Yeah. It, it, Kate is timeless. Timeless. I mean, she can fucking get that puss for the to, <laughs> forever. I mean, the motherfucker, I was, me tooing her the entire interview <laughs> and every time we ever saw her. Yeah. But yeah. she loved Irvishy and she loved being around her. And not until way later in my life did I understand that feeling. And I know Kate is devastated and it's heartbreaking to not be able to just go home and spend time with Irv. And I'm so sorry, Kate. But I can honestly say as a person who got to be around Irvishy and Irvishy and Kate together, they were relationship goals as well as just independent people goals. And I'm a better person for having to have spent any time around either one of them at all. For a lesbian to see two women in love and affectionate, but not syrupy or too codependent and not young and frivolous, but truly in love and in a partnership where their love and career and friendship were all rolled into one has always been an inspiration and a source of comfort to me that it's possible because they lived it. We don't get many role models as lesbians. Real, true, fucking, old school lesbos. And Irvishy was that, and she was fucking awesome. In this new world of a million genders and pronouns and conforming and whatever, you should be thanking Irvishy for that freedom and that power because without her, I highly doubt you'd be in the same powerful position. I can't imagine how the LGBT movement would have gone without Irvishy. It would have gone in a completely different direction. It wouldn't have been so powerful. She was a tiger woman. She was a hero. She was a female knight in lesbian armor who fought for all of us to be able to be exactly who we are, love who we want, feel worthy to be loved in return without having to pander or expect anyone's approval back or forth. And to do all of that on our own terms, however that may look. She didn't think we needed marriage in order to make that happen. And that's just one of the things that make her a fucking rock star. Irvishy Vade was only 63 years old and it's fucking unfair and it fucking sucks. And I don't know why we keep having to lose people while Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin are fucking alive. She was a king and a queen among people. And I'm so grateful I got to know her at all. She will be extremely missed. And even though like she died right when this whole thing with abortion is happening, which is Horrific. I'm so, so glad she got to see Kamala Harris. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans and the ignorant Facebook Fox News army that follows them. She hates doing it because finding an uplifting story to end the show on a positive note is fucking hard, especially right fucking now when half the country are mind-controlled members of a morally bankrupt fascist cult who are not only enabling but facilitating modern-day fucking lynchings, literally. And then pretending these racist murder sprees have nothing to do with them. And not to mention the fact that they are exploiting the abortion issue and stripping women of their rights simply to make money for their shit dick churches and their rotted <laughs> political campaigns. Oh, and what? Now they're mad because people are protesting in front of Supreme Court justices' homes? Who gives a fuck? The judges on the <laughs> Supreme Court are literally the only nine people in all of fucking America that don't have to worry about getting canceled or getting fired. Literally. Every single 
single person in the entire country except for them lives every day with the fear of saying the wrong thing and getting canceled and ultimately getting fired. But not these assholes. They're on that court for life. If there's any institution in America that should have complete transparency, it's the motherfucking Supreme Court. But yet, they're hiding in the shadows writing their stupid fucking briefs, deciding who gets to vote and who gets to get married and who gets to use birth control and who gets to not get raped and who gets to not die in childbirth from a complicated pregnancy and who gets to not be killed from the death penalty and who gets to have freedom. And of course, they don't want us to know because they're fucking cowards, all of them. And now they're crying because people are protesting in front of their houses? Too fucking bad. I lost a job for having a shitty opinion and putting it on a podcast. I hope they never live another day without harassment. Mike Tyson can't board a plane without a douche twat up his fucking ass. And these motherfuckers are mad? Make it make sense, Mel Mal. I really can't. I really can't. Well, if I thought this was going to be a Supreme Court... <laughs> fucking tirade i would have written something else god damn it between this doesn't make any fucking sense and they're a bunch of fucking assholes except for katanji brown jackson and they can all go well that's not not oh yeah well she you know they all can still she's barely uh, even on there i'm talking about the nine original fucking assholes including fucking Uh, amy corny like oh well especially amy corny fucking throwing around this brief and now it's leaked and now they're all whining they can fuck off they can all fuck off like i'm not here for any of them i'm like, not gonna have anyone so talking it. about you can't it's clap not classy to go protest in front of someone's house while that person holds all of your rights we're not talking about um you know go, going to chris brown's house like we did and fucking because we're mad that he fucking <laughs> pistol whipped rihanna but then we just okay, took pictures in front of this house smiling. But like, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> but it's just like you're going to their house because you have nothing left. People don't go to people's houses and protest unless they feel desperate. And, and why should Joe Manchin get yelled at on his boat? We all get harassed. Somebody yells, yeah, fucking put your mask on, pull your mask up, take yep. your mask off. Why yep. do you have a mask on? We're all doing it. And it's like they're not above that. A, a, a guy goes into a grocery store with the most, like, racist statements written on a machine gun. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't, I can't, you're you're crying because somebody has a, a woman has a sign in front of your house because you wrote a fucking rotted brief about taking away our right to choose. You're fucking lucky you didn't get shot up in a fucking grocery store. I'm yeah. not here for it. Like, no, just fuck I'm off. not either. It's These aren't so this isn't paparazzi. This isn't like Paris Hilton saying, please don't come to my house because somebody's obsessed with her. These are people who run yeah. legislation. So, yeah, if I want to go into a restaurant and tell Sarah Huckabee that she's a cunt, yeah. I'm going to do it. Or, or too flo- bad. float up on a raft to Joe Manchin's That's yacht. That's right. You fuck face. You liar. You sack of shit. We all live in fear of getting <sighs> docs. They know where you live. Deal with it. Yeah, we're not making the thing. We're not making laws. No. You don't like what we say. You want to be a bitch on Twitter? Go ahead. I, I'm not I'm not here for going to someone's house because you didn't like what they said on Twitter. I'm here for going to someone's house when they write the fucking laws in this country. They deserve to have people at their house. You don't get to fucking do that and walk away like you're on TV on a scripted show. You're yeah. fucking making laws. So and yeah, I'm going to come into your house and I'm going to sit down in your fucking living room and be like, what? And we should see every brief. Ugh. You shouldn't be scared to put your briefs out. Don't. That's right. Put your briefs out. Put your briefs out. Why are you hiding your briefs? Don't hide your briefs. Sorry your briefs got leaked. Your briefs got leaked in. (laughs) Sorry you're leaking in your briefs. Get some Depends, but we need to see your briefs. Yeah, exactly. We need to see your leaky briefs. There are no leaks. There's no leaks. No. It's not even a leak. No. It's just showing the public what you're fucking doing. And they should be Because you're writing laws. Fucking assholes. (sighs) And not just five of them. Not just four of them. Nine of them, except for Katanj. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Exactly. That's fucking it. I don't want to do so there's that again. And I <laughs> I've spent the entire last couple days doing anything I can to not deal with this. And honestly, at this point, I just want to tell everyone, go watch the Beagle and the Sloth who become best <laughs> friends, you know, which then will lead me to go find an animal, any animal sanctuary in Los Angeles, which I then did. And I went. To oh, well, you're supposed to be working on the Southern set. And I hear you go, how far is Silmar? I'm like, get off the animal videos. But we can hold a sloth. I'm like, well, do they bite? No. I'm like, get to your Southern set. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because that's all that's all that matters now is holding a sloth. That's all I care about now. Sloths are my new owls. Sloths are my new <laughs> fucking no, otter. Owls are our new owls. Well, sloths owl, yes, are our new no, sloths. Owl, okay, and sloth. otters are our otters, too. That, that's true. They're all our things. That's true. 
I all, am, we all have boobs and all of our boobs are okay. And all of our boobs are like sloths. And <laughs> that's right. One of our boobs is sloth and one of them's an otter. <laughs> that is that's actually true for me. Now, I'm so obsessed with sloths right now. I can't fucking take it. And there's a sloth on the fucking video with a beagle and they're best friends. And I can't take it. I can't fucking take it. So just go watch that and that will make you feel better for two seconds. I mean, it's just this it's just too depressing. And I'm just also all also right now, just lazy. But I am going to go to the animal sanctuary in Silmar and I am going to make it go with me. We. And we are going to touch the sloth and I am going to pay $150 to spend 15 minutes with it. I don't care. It can take its weird claw hands and it caress my face and show me. And this is when a ding ding comes through and it's Pam and she's like (laughs) heading to the sloth (laughs) sanct with you guys. Pam's going to come too and it's just going to give us, I'm going to find new meaning in life. I'm going to see God in the sloth and I'm going to be able to go on with my life. Are we going to make a documentary like the octopus one, but it's going to be you and the yeah. sloth holding each other? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to come home. It's called God and the Sloth. God and the Sloth. You're going to see a sloth in an apron making dinner <laughs> in here one day. I mean, all I could think about I feel this- like I look at a cute sloth making dinner all the <laughs> Thank time. Thank you. I, I am like a sloth. little cute baby sloth <laughs> like who makes dinner for me. So I'm so lucky. Weird. It's so, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. Uh, well... All I could think about this week was how when Justice Shitlito and his band of women-hating Nazis passed their man... I mean, they haven't passed it yet, but I'll just say the leaked desire... The leaked brief. The leaked brief and their desire to just pass their man-love laws. And the destruction of civil and human rights will begin and will be launched into a little, you know, literal civil war. And I'll be forced to get a gun and turn my bat into an automatic weapon that shoots bloody tampons at all the women-hating Nazis. But... Of course, we well, were. Well, we could turn your bat into a, something that shoots bloody tampons, and we could just shoot them around the house. <laughs> that that we could go to their house. Yeah, with the protesters. Honestly, and then when they're like, yeah. they shot something, and be like, it was just a bloody tampon. <laughs> you know what? That's what I'm going to do at their house. I'm going to shoot bloody tampons <laughs> at their houses. Yeah, and be like, abort this, you fucks. Now, of course, we were in Vegas the last few days, so I was able to drink and look around and just be reminded that humanity, you know. Is where it is. <laughs> I was going to say, and, uh, <laughs> and I can take solace in the fact that basically what we looked at was mainly, and I think Vegas is like a is a mirror into society, and it's basically poor, overweight, drunk people who are desperate to win money and have sex with anything that moves in order to drown out their incompetence, inferiority, and depression. And that did make me feel better. Yeah. Well, we were right there. Absolutely. Right in the middle of it. Absolutely. <laughs> overweight, drunk people looking to have sex with anyone. <laughs> I mean, it's that, you know, that's, <sighs> but now we're home and the news reads like a fucking slap in the face every hour. And as the Supreme court overturning Roe versus Wade, which is just an assault on women's rights, there's a very, very small, but real possibility. And the chatter off the grid is making its way onto the grid, onto the news shows. And we heard it on one of the, th- actually all the three big news shows this Sunday. And I even went and read two articles about it. I did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That there's now a theory that this whole abortion rigmarole may in fact backfire on Republicans and conservatives and quote unquote, the disgusting. I'm now going to call them the disgusting. Okay. Okay. Because it will in fact activate the lazy and the apathetic. Hmm. Now, I'm... You mean the people that don't vote in the midterm? Right. So, I just yesterday started feeling a little pep in my step. The theory is based in the statistic that 70% of the country, in fact, wants to keep Roe versus Wade exactly where it is. And though many of those people are pro-life, apparently they also understand that their life rights as women are rolled into Roe and they don't want to be fucking controlled by the government. A.K.A. men, A.K.A. enabling, pandering, cunt, conservative, jizz gobbling Republican women. <laughs> now we are now putting a few of our aborted eggs in this hopeful basket. We are hoping because of the information and the polls and the statistics and all this bullshit that lazy Democrats or independents or people who love to say they don't care about politics because everything is the same and nothing will change will in fact get their stupid, annoying, entitled, self-righteous assholes off the couch and go vote. And go vote Democrat during the midterms. Even not even people who never have ever voted. People, it's the people who only vote for president, who only go out every four years to do that. 
they don't go out in the midterms. The midterms are annoying. They're not sexy. No one knows who anyone is unless you do this fucking podcast and you know who every dumb, I mean, lightweight, ugh person is. There's just no one attractive. There's like five attractive ones. And you just go out. Mm. And so you're hoping that, you know, somebody grabs the, like all of the sororities <laughs> that go together, all of the groups that go together, all the church groups. We actually don't want any church groups because they're definitely not going to vote the way we want. But all of the groups that go out, we're hoping that they all go for the midterms, the people that never vote for. Yeah. So that's exactly. what we want. Now, what one of the articles said is that there are Republican women don't want their IVF or their choice of contraception to be fucked with. No. Nope. So... That is and could potentially we don't know for sure. It could potentially play a part in the in the in the midterms. So that's what we're hoping for now. Not to mention every gay person is shitting in their pants because they know their stupid marriages and adoptions will be overturned and they will be shit out of luck. So as long as the facts and the truth keep spreading about how Roe versus Wade encompasses and could affect negatively so many different people's right to privacy. Even if it just makes Republicans stay home. Uh, uh, right. You know, right. It could activate all of those people to vote Democrat, at least during the midterms, and I'm hoping that they do. The data showing this, I'm not entirely hopeful, but it does give me some hope. So we're going to slowly build our hope back, one little resentful piece at a time. If there's people in your life who think Roe versus Wade is just about abortions, remind them it isn't. It's right to privacy. That's what Roe is built on. And if they overturn that, that means all of your privacy rights are going to be up for grabs. And first up after abortion is contraception. So maybe let all the men know that's when their time's up because I guarantee they're not going to want their contraception. They don't want the burden of the contraception on them. They want the woman to take a fucking birth control or have an IUD so they can just fucking jizz everywhere and they're fucking on face. But the minute that we can't get IUDs or birth control or whatever, it's going to be on fucking them. Right. And even then, that could be affected too. So just remember, religious people don't even think that jizzing out is okay. And I'm highly sure that men are not going to be okay with that. We are now entirely in a civil war and there's nothing now but fighting for our right to survive and to maintain equality. I normally don't care about polls and chatter like this, but in this instance, I'm going to choose, choose to believe it half-heartedly and allow it to get me a little comfort. If all the assholes who don't normally vote or people who don't normally vote Democrat go and do the right thing, it's quite possible or they will- Or just stay home. Or if just you stay don't, home. If you're a Republican, just stay on home. That's still gonna be good. That's right. It's quite possible they will actually overturn the overturning of Roe versus Wade and we live another couple years to the next vote. Tell everyone you know, make them understand it affects them too, and maybe, just maybe, there's a fetus chance in hell we will use our choices to stop this evangelical patriarchal pussy fisting. So there's that. That's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Bog it, fucking Papa. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We love all 14 of you so much, and we are so grateful for you. Please, please consider checking out our Patreon podcast if you haven't yet. It's $1 for one podcast a week and $2 for two podcasts a week. They're both an hour, and we try to get at least one of them out by Sunday, um, so you have all week to listen to them. But we might be – I think we're going to adjust that. We're always sort of changing the schedule and we might start trying to sort of get them both out on Wednesdays. So you'll have the rest or I don't even know who I don't know what we're we're, we're adjusting the schedule. Maybe we'll get them out on Fridays. Mm. So then you have all weekend and all week to listen to them. Just we're stacking too much at the top of the week with this fucking podcast. <laughs> and it's just getting kind of like um, right now we're we're just it, we're just. We're just trying to get our lives back together. We're feeling <laughs> overwhelmed by every little thing. It seems dumb and trite, but anyways, we've they've all been late since we lost our big job. So, um, but yeah, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, this week we did one from the lobby of the Venetian Hotel in Vegas, and then we did one from a bar in Burbank. Um, and we are drunk in both of them, but hey, there's no politics, there's no ads, no structure, no stress, and the best part is that we 
we never pressure you to join the Patreon because you've already joined. <laughs> and if nothing else, you'll be distracted from your own life thinking how fucking self-centered and annoying we are. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a link to a free episode of our Patreon podcast in the description of this week's podcast. Or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com, and there's a button on every page that says click to listen to a free episode of our Patreon podcast. If you like it and you decide to join, you can import our Patreon podcast into whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, like Apple or whatever, or you can listen to them on patreon.com where you can like and comment on the episodes. And talk to other like patrons. Yeah. They all, you can just talk around and mm -hmm. do shit on there. Um, and if you don't want to help us pay our bills or keep our homes, um, <laughs> it, please at least consider leaving us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You don't have to write anything. You can just hit five stars or one star. We don't care. It's really all about the numbers. We really, literally don't care. You might think it's shit. Good. You might be in a fucking bad mood and be like, fuck off. I hated this episode. One star. Good. I don't care. Last week, we got a review from a new listener, oh. which thank fucking God, because our shit was dwindling, bitch. <laughs> and now we're back up to 14 listeners holding strong. Holding strong. Virginia girl in Alabama gave us five stars <laughs> and said a happy new subscriber. What? What the fuck? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I love you two on the other shows when you're guests. So I'm happy I finally listened to your show. The COVID correspondence episode was smart funny, irreverent, and just plain different than all of the other stuff that's out there. <sighs> Excited to be a new subscriber. Thanks for keeping me laughing. I love that. I well, love that. if you liked the COVID course, I mean, I don't listen, Virginia girl in Alabama. Listen, Alabama, Virginia via Alabama, Alabama via Virginia. They're not going to all be irreverent, funny. And smart. <laughs> I mean, you know, like that might've been a one-off, but just stick, please just stay. I mean, at least, well, you know what? She subscribed. She gave the review. Fuck hey, it. What the, what can you do? That's you know the best she can do. If she Come does, on. you know, it is different. We are different than anyone else out there. <laughs> Don't undermine it. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And different. Different than anything else that's out there. <laughs> and I I'll take it. How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania <laughs> let me show you a rhyme and maybe play you a sign you look like you're both pretty groovy or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, It'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan, and he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite. Sweet transvestite. From 
transsexual Transylvania <laughs> So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab I see you shiver with anticipation But maybe the rain is really to blame So I'll remove the cause <laughs> But not the symptom <laughs> <laughs> 